All right, welcome back to House Lights, your one-stop shop for everything you need to hear about this week in entertainment. We, I'm Liz Noss, as always. We've been off for about a month, so you have so much you need to hear about, so I think you should be just as excited as I am to return in the studio today as your host. Super excited. Just a few updates. I am no longer entertainment or pop culture at the state news. We have amazing people on that, but I am the new cultural politics reporter, a beat of which I created, and now I'm writing for us that is super exciting. But while we're here in the home of house lights, I will still be your entertainment aficionado. But if you're interested in hearing about political groups and rallies all over Lansing, you can read those from me now. But let's get right into it. So we're going to start with Twitter tea, as we always do. Let's talk about the drama that you might have missed over the last couple of weeks first, because we know Liz is about the drama, the pop culture moments that change your brain chemistry. All right, so... My Green Eminem article was just blowing up again for no reason this past week. And I was like, maybe it's just because it's so well written. But And I would have to agree with you, but it's actually not. It's because um, Eminem just came out with a statement saying they will be taking a break from using their spokes candies because they've broken the internet again with Tucker Carlson yet again bringing up on his show about the Green Eminem uh they're, apparently she has her boots back, um, as well as a new purple M&M. So they decided it would just be easier to not have them as part of the publicity, which really is an end of the era because they've been a part of like this brand forever. So to think it only took Tucker Carlson like being weird to like end this empire, uh, it's it's just crazy to me. And um, they're bringing in Maya Rudolph as like the spokesperson now. Like I thought it was kind of like a random strange choice, and they made it seem like like in their statement they made it seem like. Uh, duh, like, of course this is the person. She's America's sweetheart. But I was like, I don't think I would have actually ever guessed that. But you know what? I'm happy for her, but I am sad that uh, the Grant Eminem will no longer have a place in the society and my article will no longer pop off every once in a while. Um, so, uh, secondly, let's talk about um, Doja Cat's look at Paris Fashion Week with all the Swarovski crystals. I think it was like 30,000 red Swarovski crystals. And like it was just it was just beautiful. It was everything. Um, but like everything she does, I'm obsessed with. I feel like she's like one of the most experimental people in fashion right now. So I just absolutely love it. And then also Kylie Jenner's lion outfit um, was fantastic. Uh, they were like sitting next to each other. I couldn't believe like just the amount of like iconic in the room. Uh, speaking of Kylie Jenner, she also dropped uh, like an album like a year late, the name of her child, which is named Air with an E as in like oxygen air. Um, but I, I can't tell if it's better or worse than Wolf, but I'm, I'm honestly not surprised. But I think that, I, I think it's cute. It's not as cute as I thought Malibu Barbie was talking about weird uh, baby names, but super cute. Uh, last for uh, Twitter tea, I wanted to talk about some drama that went down with some of my favorite people in the industry over the past month. Uh, basically, it's rumored that my favorite indie queen, Phoebe Bridgers, cheated on her boyfriend, Paul Meskel, who's in Normal People, um, with Bo Burnham, and that's, like, why they broke things up. I am so conflicted on how I feel about this, because I loved Phoebe and Paul as a couple, um, but also, you would do it too for a silly guy like Bo Burnham, okay? He's been my childhood crush since, like, eighth grade. So, also, I, I heard a rumor that Paul and Phoebe were actually, like, in an open relationship. So, it like, isn't that, like, what an open relationship is, like, for? To, like, explore or see if you, like, find, uh, like, a better person while you're, like, with another person? Like, no restrictions? I don't, and I think what makes this story weirder is that Bo Burnham has been in the same relationship with his girlfriend, like, Lorraine, for, like, nine years, so that sort of surprised me, I guess, more than, like, 
Phoebe and Paul, but, like, that he were to, like, throw it away, but crazier things have happened. I do not condone cheating, but I do condone everything those two do, because I am in love with both of them and the art that they make, um, but don't, I don't condone cheating, I want to repeat that, but I thought that that was one of the crazier dramas that happened this past month so yeah that's it for twitter tea um but for movies shows and music i thought it would be fitting to talk about media that i consumed since break and just give you a rundown on what i think was the best things i watched or listened to since then so number one i wanted to talk about uh babylon which was directed by my favorite director of all time and of my number one and number two favorite movie which is whiplash and la la land uh, Babylon was just as much jazz in Hollywood as those two movies combined. This movie has everything, three hours worth of movie even. I could definitely start to feel it in like the uncomfortable movie scenes, but that's okay. Uh, but I think my favorite part has to be the jazz score that Justin Hurwitz did. He's like one of my favorite movie composers today, as well as villain era Tobey Maguire. I didn't know that's what we all needed, but it certainly was. And then I think the worst part was a montage of like movies at the end to like bring in the theme like we love movies in Hollywood and there was just like some random scene from Avatar in it however I liked the movie enough to like look over like that like silly theme that um Damien Chazelle always does which is like oh I love film we know bro you're a director anyways Margot Robbie was great great music I hope that it'll sweep at the Oscars like a lot I think it'd be great um, number two, what I saw in theaters was Megan, which is absolutely a phenomenon, and really, okay camp. That's all I have to say about this movie. It, was, it wasn't good. Well, it, it was good. It wasn't good, but it wasn't surprising, but it was camp enough to keep me in the movie the entire time. They're not trying to, like, push a message. They're not trying to, like, take themselves too seriously. They're just trying to have, like, a doll girl do a little dance and literally slay all these people and it worked in that sense one of the best honestly it's one of the best movie theater experiences i've ever had because it was like a jam-packed like pg-13 like movie like horror movie so of course it's like all middle schoolers but like everyone was just like having a great time and like laughing and getting scared at the same time and like i haven't had that in a while like especially with like there's not many pg-13 like fun horror movies anymore anymore so I think that that was super fun um probably like the most enjoyable watch over the break that I had and then also I wanted to talk um about we're all going to the world's fair which was it's it was technically a 2021 Sundance film but it was released um on HBO Max in 2022 so I will say this is my favorite film of 2022 and I watched it over break I really like, don't want to talk about it too much because it's, like, best going in with, like, no sense of the plot. But I will say, like, this movie is for the weird kids who grew up on the internet. Like, it's super, like, creepypasta and, like, it's sort of, like, based around, like, old internet myths. And you know when you're, like, a kid and it's, like, three in the morning and you're, you're like, looking through, like, things on the internet and you fall down, like, a rabbit hole? That's what this movie feels like. It's, like, a very niche tone. It's, like, super slow and quiet, but it, it's, like, menacing and, like, disturbing. It feels like you're watching your friends slowly, like, like you, you're starting to get concerned about them. And it, it definitely deals with some hard subjects, like, just loneliness and, like, the internet age. But, like, so proceed with caution if those are, like, things that, you know, are triggering you. Because it definitely reminded me a lot of me in middle school. Um, but I thought it was, like, beautiful in that sense and just, like, super honest. So... This, that's, like, the movie I recommend the most of this year. So, 
um, please go and watch it if, the, if that's something that sounds interesting to you. For shows, I watched season four, just like a completely like to- total tone switch from the other movie that we were just talking about. Uh, I watched season four of Too Hot to Handle. Um, but honestly, it may have been my favorite season yet, and I've... I, you know, I shamelessly have watched all the seasons of Too Hot to Handle um, because it's, I love dumb reality TV. It's my favorite thing. So, but this, I think it's my favorite season. I feel like Kayla and Sev were my favorite couple of all time together on the show because they actually seem like genuine and cute together, like sort of like a Love Island sort of relationship instead of like, I don't know, Too Hot to Handle's couples are sometimes like a little vapid. Like they never have like conversations that actually like, say anything but I felt like they actually did so I I really liked that they focused more on them during this season um but it was just as dramatic and stupid and I but I liked the people so much more so it was like a 10 out of 10 for me um and then for music Flowers by Miley Cyrus has to be like the biggest drop like recently um the song Rock My World I love all the layers in the music video about like her relationship with Liam Hemsworth, like, it's a play on When I Was Your Man by Bruno Mars, which he, like, sang to her at their wedding, and then, like, apparently it was, like, at a house that they have rented together, and I just love that everybody's, like, pulling it apart on Twitter. Um, there's nothing, no, no one like Miley Cyrus can actually bring people together like this, so, um, it's, it's just the talk of the town. I do wish, this is, like, just my controversial, controversial opinion, but I do wish that we had the same love for Miley's rock era as we do for her like returning to pop but that's just my two cents I feel like she should have gotten a lot more love for like Plastic Hearts because that was like one of my favorite albums all right and then I just wanted to run down (laughs) on a new little section that I want to do um just maybe just for this week but we'll see if it it comes around again but I finally became literate over break, you guys. I learned how to read, so I wanted to update you on books that I'm reading, since I think that books are the fruit of literature, and I'm here to keep you educated. So I read three books over break. Uh, Number one was Tender is the Flesh. It's a dystopian fiction on what would happen if animal meat became poisonous to humans, and we had such a strong want for meat in, like, society that we ended up breeding humans for consumption as we do on farms. It was super creepy and disturbing, but also, like, super well-written. It had, like, lots of, like, symbolism um, and just, like, I don't know, mirrors to reality that's, like, I wrote annotations on the book and I like never do that so um if you were a strange kid in middle school and you read all dystopian books like I was a Hunger Games like girly like and diversion and all that you should you would definitely love this like and it's pretty it's pretty short it's like just over 200 pages so it's like a short read and I, I I took that book with me in my brain for like a week after reading like super impactful for a short book um I do want to say really quick about Hunger Games. For some reason, I keep getting fan edits of Peter Malark on my TikTok for no reason. And I don't, I don't know what this means. I don't know if this is coming back, but I'm all I'm saying is it's going in the saved folder like every time. <laughs> Anyways, I just exposed myself. Um, team Gale or Team Peta, and literally no one said Team Gale. No one. Anyways, number two was Jeanette's uh, Jeanette McCurdy's memoir. I'm glad my mom died. While that sounds like a bummer, it was actually one of the fastest reads of all time because I could not put it down. I mean, everyone's raving about it, and I absolutely loved it. Um, It tackles, like, what it's like to be a child star who didn't really 
want to be a child star. Like, growing up with, like, heavy familial problems, as well as, like, talking about eating disorders. It's definitely, like, intense, but it also was, like, presented with so much humor that... Um, and, and, like, voice, that it made it feel so personal, and, like, it, it wasn't as overwhelming. Um, it was, like, kind of like reading your friend's diary, which I, I really enjoyed. I also loved how it reads, like, the age she was when she was, like, experiencing these things, and, like, we're going through a memoir as, like, you know, her writing style is a little more childish at the beginning and stuff like that, and I, I just really like that. Um, it's, it's not, you know, looking at it, she's not looking at her childhood from like her adult perspective now she's like sort of telling it as it was um when she was a kid and I just really like that because we're like looking at the inner workings of a child's mind it was fantastic 10 out of 10 amazing um the other book that I read over break was the 1619 project I've been meaning to read this for a really long time it's a historical recollection of race relations that was put together by the New York Times magazine and it's all these essays on different topics and how it ties in with race and the black experience in America it was it was fantastic just tons and tons of research went into it and it's like just a lot of like court cases and data and I I absolutely loved it um it was it was heavy but it was really good um, right now, I'm taking a hard left turn into, like, cheesy, like, Wattpad romance, and I'm reading The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. Um, it's, it's pretty cheesy, but I'll let you know how it turns out after I'm done reading it. My goal is to read 35 books, um, this, this year, um, and I, I hope that I can do it. I don't think that that's too bad, because it's not, like, once a week. Like, I think I can keep myself on it. Like, I just, like, Goodreads should honestly sponsor me with how much I check the app. But, like, I, I, I just, I love the app. So, I have only read one this year, but it's fine. We're gonna, it, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Anyways. All right. So, we're gonna jump right into culture stories. Um, so, I have PJ Pfeiffer, the new Love and Sex Reporter. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing amazing. We're back in the studio. I'm so happy to have you here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So, your three stories so far, I can't believe you've already put out three stories. Like, absolutely amazing. Um, they've, they've been great. I love them. So, for the first article, you know, it was about self-love month. So, tell me what self-love month is and how are students celebrating it? Yeah, so January is self-love month and pretty much I interviewed three students here at Michigan State um, just asking them what self-love means for them and a lot of them said self-care, whether that means you know, just doing things that they want and like not taking any, anyone else's opinions, mm-hmm. whether that means taking an extra long shower or just reading, journaling. Mm-hmm. Some people said that they are staying off social media because that produces a lot of negative thoughts and opinions about their body and themselves. Um, and it was really interesting just to see everyone's different opinions on what self-love means to them. Yeah, what does self-love mean to you, Peter? I I kind of have to agree with them. I think it's just doing things that you personally love mm-hmm. without taking anyone's opinions into consideration. Yeah. Um, I know in uh, since January 1st, I started journaling every night. Um, yeah, just like about my day, yeah. uh, what I did, how I felt, and it's honestly helped me a lot, and mm-hmm. I, 
I really find it, uh, I love doing it. Yeah, I actually started a journal also on January 1st, and it's it's not like recounting what I did, but it's my positive things that happened every day. Because I found myself sort of like looking on the negative side of things like last year a lot, just sort of like focusing on that and like not being able to go to bed because of it. So at the end of the day, I just get out my journal and write down everything positive that happened. So I'm able to like fall asleep and know that tomorrow like, or even like if it's a bad day, there will be positive things that come out of it. By the way, I forgot to ask you, how are you liking love and sex so far? I mean, it's your third week here. I'm loving it. I, I truly am loving it. I, I came in to the semester um, and I was kind of hesitant. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. And I thought that I would only be able to write a few articles. I didn't yep. think that love and sex could expand so much. Um, I've written about uh, self-love, I've written other stories, and I'm currently writing, um, I'm trying to get sources for other articles for Black History Month about black queer figures and black-led clubs and how important they are and how they're a safe space to Michigan State and students. And there's just so much variety about what I can write in this this section. I'm loving it so far. I love that. How do you want to see it expand across the semester? Because even last semester, I wasn't even a beat into last semester. And, you know, Hannah uh, Worley sort of expanded. How do you want to, like, see it expand and, like, write more? I mean, the fact that it's, like, a section or it's a beat right now Mm -hmm. is – it's it's, – I love it. It's crazy to me. And I'm so lucky to be able to write for a beat Mm -hmm. and – I think just expanding on, like, what can be considered love and sex, um, just writing about anything like that will be really interesting, and I hope people can, in the future semesters, can write that. For sure. Sorry, that was, like, a little tangent that I just went on, <laughs> but I can back to your articles. So, you did a story on Roe v. Wade Day and just, you know, how advocates are, like, um, you know, feeling after, like, in a post-Roe v. world, a Roe v. Wade, like, you know, U.S., how are, like, advocates feeling after the removal of it on, like, the anniversary of this day? Right, yeah, so I wrote a story about January 22nd being Roe v. Wade Day um, and how it looks different this year because uh, not ever, not all women have the right to a safe abortion this year, and mm-hmm. pretty much I, I interviewed students who have, one student actually, she actually worked on a congressional, congressional campaign. Another student works, uh, volunteers with uh, Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Another student is um, a nursing student. So they all kind of have ties to abortion and women's rights. And they all said, they all talked about how disappointed they were with the choice and yeah. how it's actually affecting where they're going to live in the future. Okay. They are, they're all deciding to live in states that have the right to safe abortions yeah. And they're not even considering other states. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy to think, yeah. Yeah, do you think, did they feel any difference since they are living in a state that has protected abortion rights, you know, with Michigan and everything? A lot of them, actually all the sources that I, yeah. um, that I interviewed, they're all very, they're all very caring and selfless. They were all mm-hmm. thinking, they all pretty much said roughly the same thing where, yeah, I'm living in Michigan. I have the right to a safe abortion, mm-hmm. but not everyone in the United not everyone in the United States does, right. and that's what's impacted. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and so you, I think your other article just came out today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on class crushes. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed that one. Yeah. So, how does the class crush you know that you have that you're looking forward to seeing actually affect you academically? Yeah. So I, I have a lot of early classes. Four out of five days, I have class at 9, 10 a.m., mm-hmm. which isn't the earliest, it's not 8 a.m., but it's still fairly early. Yeah. And 
just like finding someone just to like you know <laughs> look at throughout class it really gets you through the class and it's actually like oh i'm gonna dress better to go to right. class you know just in case they see me but um it's definitely like a motivation to go to class and actually like work harder and everyone who i have talked to about it they totally agree that is so funny i've definitely been there but yeah well thank you so much for being on today i so appreciate it well that is it for house lights this week um next week i'm really gonna go hard on well because okay so this comes out on wednesday but we're recording on monday tomorrow tuesday is oscar nominations and you already know i'm pretty sure everyone that listens to the show already knows i have my oscar bet sheet like out like fully we are like ready i have money bets on everything i'm gonna be on the live stream at 8 30 tomorrow morning so we're gonna get really into oscar nominations and just talking about how um i i know how the old heads of the academy think and we're gonna talk about it on the on the podcast next week so i'm super excited well Thank you so much for being on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yes. And that was House Lights. I'll see you next week.